It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sprint Lane. Paul Cochran with you. I've got Jess Watkins and Freddie Hastings in. Unfamiliar surrounds, guys. Yeah, a new background today, but it's very nice. I feel with all those books in the background, we should have a glass of brandy and a cigar. <laughs> yes, it just feels yes. like we're in the library. <laughs> dressing gown. I guarantee you it is real. These books are real. It's not a green screen that we're sitting in front of. We are in, obviously, different settings. Because the Carnival of Miracles is in full swing, and, guys, um, obviously that... Comes with it extra broadcast. Uh, Sky Racing Active was in play on Saturday night for a great night of racing, and we've been kicked out. <laughs> I like <laughs> our have. new surrounds. Nice like the comfy chairs. It's very good. It's come with uh, some technical challenges as well at the same time, though. So if you're on the live stream and you're seeing us a bit later than normal, <laughs> that explains a little bit. We're going to have a bit of a streamlined show today. Um, how's your week been, guys? Freddie, you, you were carrying a sore back last week. That's seemingly on the mend a little yeah, bit. It's getting better. Getting better. Yeah. The move's going okay? Move's going okay. I've got right. tradies to meet uh, a little later on this afternoon to fix a few things, but yeah. Good stuff. Very and Jess, good. Uh, racing, uh, this must be an exciting time for the club. Yeah, it's a really exciting time for the club. It's where all eyes are really on an angle for that three to five week period. And it really started out with plenty of fire on the track on Saturday night. And I'm excited for what the next two weeks will bring. All right. Speaking of that, let's get into it. Hey, uh, great night of racing. How good was Rip to open up that card on Saturday night, Jess? Yeah, he was really exciting. Of course, he was a, an emergency for the Chariots of Fire, but didn't gain a start. So he went around in the first and he was electric the way he came home. And it was great to see him bounce back into the winner's circle. I feared for him how wide he went though, Fred. Like, just went, that's as wide as I've seen a horse come and then still win by so far. I thought a pattern was going to evolve. Of course, we had a storm and uh, the rain uh, was, was pretty full on. We, we started the meeting two hours late um, and I thought, oh, is this going to be a day or a night where the swoopers really come to the fore? First two races, that was pretty much how it played out. And I thought, here we go. You've got to be looking for things getting out wide. But then it, the, the track, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, it all balanced back up again and the, the leaders were able to kick on. It did. We talked a bit about David Thorne last week and our money rocks. That's now four in a row since that horse has changed hands, Jess. Look, got it flying. Yeah, he's really hit his strap since joining a Thorne stable. And at $31, I couldn't believe the odds that he went around and he lived up <laughs> lived up to the wraps that we had on him last week. He was very impressive. The magic touch of Thorny heaven on highs next, Fred. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> trialling in a in, in a week and a half. So hopefully, uh, heaven on high will uh, emulate the feats of our money rocks and sky blue and others. Beautiful. Well, speaking of that's one horse that behaved itself. Another who didn't is one that we talk about a lot on the show, and that's Caligula. Naughty boy um, did not want to go at all in the in the Trotters race, um, but that's had a great win for David Morris and Shannon Price. I thought Credit Master was a was a good thing at a price in that race and gave everyone a good sight for its for their money if, you, if you're on. But, gee, um, yeah, fantastic result uh, for Van Sank, who we've seen done well at this track before yes. and, and not that long ago. That's right. He won the free-for-all, the Group 3, back on Breeders' Challenge, Challenge night, night. And yeah. he seems to be firing every New South Wales carnival of late. Better zip it. Uh, that Grimson-Hart combination, Fred, it came out and, and did the job at, at, you know, at tomato sauce odds, but, you know... You, 
can only win a race that's put in front of you. Real upward scope for this horse. I think the way it attacked the line up on the inside, uh, Cam just persevered for the inside run it came, and it was very determined up the straight, and I, uh, I like the horse. Blue Chip Delight, the Jack Trainer, and, and an emerging star in my mind, Jack Brown, Jess. Uh, great to see him do well on a big night. Yeah, Jack Brown definitely is a star of the future, that's for sure. He's one of our leading junior drivers here in the Metropolitan ranks and it was a great steer on Saturday night and he partnered up with his boss and good to see them get the job done for Mary and Amelia Rosati. And if we needed a reminder, Fred, that it was business time, it was that stoush of Tay-Tay and Tough Tilly in the, in the, the, um, that was in the Robin Dundee, the Group 3. What a, what a great race, but how good was Tough Tilly? Unbelievable. Um, probably... Yeah, right up there with the run of the night. Obviously, we'll touch on the chariots, and that was a phenomenal performance. But she sat outside uh, Tay Tay, did tough Tilly, and just kept coming. And I thought it was an outstanding performance by her. Again, sadly, this weekend, she's been dealt a savage blow with an outside draw, but uh, she's good enough to overcome that. Gee, the Oaks heats were good, Jess. Uh, Kalua Flyby and um, and Peaceful, we... Yeah, Peaceful is obviously our local hope. Clue Flyby is a, is a Kiwi that uh, Tim Williams drove a treat. That was a great battle, but Clue Flyby is class. That's right, and I think I, me and Freddie have definitely had our stouches before on this show, whether we're in the Peaceful camp or not, and I've definitely always been in the camp, Peaceful camp, but I think Kalua Flyby is definitely the one to beat on that performance. We've seen her make her Aussie debut here a few weeks mm. ago on the Tuesday and she t- seems to have taken enormous improvement from that run and on Saturday she really was focused on the task at hand and I think she'll be good enough to win the final. A mile and a half is her go and we saw that. She's a real dour type and she she really, you know, it was a real gritty effort and I, I can't I know you love Peaceful, but I can't see them beating Kalua Flyby. On Agreed. Them. We'll get into a bit of a preview of the Oaks a bit later, but the other the other horse that came out and, and did so well through the, the second heat was Soho Seraphine for Mick Stanley. Windy Hill Tara and Savion really good in the places. I guess the big disappointment was Jewel Melody, though. Went round at $1.70, and, and we've got such high hopes and high expectations of Jewel Melody based on how she went last year. Just, uh, just looks short of a gallop. Yeah, I think over the 2,400 metres, she had to sit without cover and she was first up. I don't think any of that went in her favour and she probably performed accordingly She'll be, there. She's better than that and we'll see, we'll see her We'll see her back. bounce back, 100%. that's for sure. It's disappointing not to see her in a final though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're, we're, we're unaccustomed, aren't we, yeah. seeing her not make a big race final. But, uh, you know, Bernie will uh, he'll tick. Make sure, you know, she ticks over, gets a few boxes ticked, she'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had Catch a Wave, um, it was all about Captain Ravishing for the week leading up to the race. Catch a wave, just said, uh, hold my beer, and it was way too good. Um, it was a dominant performance in the end. It was, and it was an amazing effort in that they've, they've broken the 150. He sat parked outside the boom horse. Um, catch a wave sat parked outside the captain, and uh, it was a real clever drive. There was a point in that race where Kate Gath, they came to the, towards the turn and they kicked right away, and... Kate went back to get the slipstream trail of, of Captain Ravishing just to give him a bit of little bit of cover around the turn. And then when she pulled him out again, uh, he really savaged the line. Uh, Kate's never not driven the horse. She's driven him in every start. They've had him as a baby. And I spoke to Andy Gath on uh, the radio on the weekend and he actually said he feels this horse is the best horse he's had. Yeah. And that's saying so. Like that's, that's a big that's, that's and an emotional win, an emotional yeah. win too. Because uh, Richard Williams, uh, one of the owners, he, he passed away, uh, you know, at the back end of last year, and uh, so uh, an emotional win for the camp. Uh, 
obviously wife Pauline uh, still races, continues to race, but it will give the Matthews family some joy uh, knowing that he's made a, a miracle mile uh, field. It and ran time too, 149. 149.1 sitting yeah. park, so it yeah. was very impressive. But just touching on there, it was mm. great to have the family on course. You could mm. see the emotion there and how much it meant to them, that win. But it was just an incredible drive by Kate. I really think that's what helped to win yep, him the race. Sure. So what do we make of Captain Ravishing? Oh. Well, the, the, the biggest work. conundrum is he's run second in a chariot. Yeah. The directors have got a decision to make, haven't they? Unless something out of the box happens in the placings on uh, on on Saturday in the sprint qualifiers, the, the connections have rolled the dice. He's the he was the pre post tab favourite to win the, the, the Miracle Mile. I reckon he'll be there. We'll see him again in two Oof. weeks. But is he a, is he really a path, or will they say that that's enough? I mean, oh. I don't know. I spoke to Mark, so yeah. I, I had a bit of time talking to Mark Pitt, yes. who did, had the drive, obviously, on Friday night at Newcastle. Obviously, nothing had happened up until that point. Mm. Um, he still, we're going to talk about Mac Dan a little later in the show. Um, but at that point, he said, well, because what's the, what's the plan? Because I know that Emma Stewart's um, team have got form in coming up here and then going back to Victoria. And he said, if the horse wins, we'll go back to Victoria. If the mm. horse doesn't win then the horse stays. Now, the horse is gone. So what do we make of that? I just think we make that he might get an invitation and might come back. I don't know. They may decline an invitation, but I know it's an option open to the directors here. And and, we've seen in the past, historically, uh, they'll they'll pluck one that they think should be there to make the field, you know, uh, generate the publicity and the... The controversy. Look at the the controversy. But look at the publicity the chariots garnered during the lead-up. And, and with the greatest of respect to the, the rest of the field, it was simply all about Captain Ravishing. Yeah, it was. You yes. catch a wave through the, well, the curveball and says, mm-hmm. you said, hold my beer, look what I can yeah. do. Well, the betting was too. fifteen. Captain Ravishing started yeah. at. And the Chariots is such a good race as a, as a uh, you know, lead-in to the Miracle Mile. And I, I think I brought up the stat last week that of the last eight, I think it is, uh, eight or nine uh, Chariots, the winner of the Chariots has come out and either won or placed in the Miracle Mile two weeks later. Yeah. So, you know, th- th- that augurs well for Catch a Wave and I guess on some levels augurs okay for um, for Captain Ravishing if he gets invited. Yeah, I think as of yesterday, Captain Ravishing was still sitting as the $3 tab fixed odds favourite in the market, Miracle which, wow. yeah, mm-hmm. so that's interesting as well. Would you have got three bucks before Saturday? What price uh, was Captain Ravishing for the Miracle Mile before Saturday? He was, uh, he was shorter than that, I think. About yeah, the 220 mark, yeah, around that. Yeah. Here's one for you. Remember, remember when we talked about the Hunter Cup and we said, what in Zeus, Bromack and Pete said, so get a go, and, and we said, well, they prioritise the Victorians. They, forget, they this, left out Catch a Wave. Is this our turn? just saying, just saying, guys. Um, so, yeah, it was a fantastic night at Menangle. Um, High-class High-class racing. Hey, well done to the track staff because the conditions came in. I was um, I was sitting at Junior Sport in the afternoon and watched the weather come in and I thought, no, no, we'll be right. But it came in so quick. Mm-hmm. Like, it moved quick. And then, you know, the rain wasn't necessarily a thing, but it was the lightning. You know, the, the lightning was striking. I've not seen lightning yeah. and I've got a bird's eye view looking to the west and the, the, the lightning bolts were, at times, you were getting... Three and four just dropping yeah. out of the sky simultaneously. It was spectacular. There was a lightning strike that hit not far behind the head-on 
um, camera tower um, and, uh, behind it, uh, very close. And that close. bang was very, very oh, loud. I, I thought think it, it was sent everybody yeah. off on course. I, I jumped, but uh, that's yeah. nothing unusual. Thing we know is lightning and horses, and <laughs> they're not really a friend no. of each no, other. They so don't mix. go. That's um, for sure. Well done to the club. Um, obviously, things got pushed back a few times. Yeah. Um, but the way the program sort of got sort of condensed, I guess you know, with the with the wait times in between races to our stewards team and and how it was programmed we, we moved through quite quick it, you know they did well to get the race the race you know um fully executed we get we get we're in a different room and if you hear that there are different sounds that come along we're not that far from so obviously a race day starting so yeah. you hear different sounds starting to come through the stream it's not us it was the phone <laughs> i think someone phone. wanted a, a loaf of Hello bread and broadcast. some milk brought yeah yes, <laughs> brought yes, yes. yes so um yeah. what we'll do we'll rattle through uh what else has happened in a great week of racing so um Yes. Now, the best thing you saw this week, you want to go to Penrith with us. Yeah, I'm jumping back to Penrith last Thursday night and everybody knows I love a long-standing maiden and it was that Ripstone Snorter, he finally broke through at start number 33 for Terry Frost and Glenn McElhenney and they were very, very happy connections, that's for sure. He had 17 placings prior, but it was just great to see and Terry was so excited. You could tell how much work has gone into that horse and they truly deserved it. That was a program that had doubles for Jimmy Douglas and and. Will Rickson also as well. Jimmy's going really well at Penrith with ladies. We mentioned Flying Pegasus, um, the result he had the week before. Double again. Um, he was prominent on the fantasy harness racing points this week too, the little fella. So yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, I think he's pretty happy with himself and so he should be. Um, Ultra Orlando is one that, that I, I wouldn't mind raising. Um, an 11-year-old. We forget how how long Ultra Orlando's been in the game. Went round as, as an 11-year-old and won at Menangle on Tuesday. First win since October. Great to see and that was a real, real stoush between two best mates, too, Cameron Hart and Jack Callagher. You'd see them sort of winding each other up as they were getting close to the post there, Jess. Yeah, I thought Sahara Sirocco really gave a good fight there, and it was unlucky just to be beaten. But out of Orlando, the 11 year old, as you said, the million dollar earner, class really prevailed there, and he was just too strong. So he knows it's Miracle Mile time because he's been in Miracle Miles out of Orlando. That's right. He's <laughs> so he, he, but just a different day. What, Daytime, too. While we're talking about Menangle on Tuesday, um, Luke McCarthy had a double there. Belinda, she had a training double. Um, so, yeah, they're going, they're flying, and as we expect at this time of year, training driving double for Brad Hewitt, including Lebowski. Now, Lebowski's one that uh, when we were promoting the fantasy harness racing game we had jared croker on the show now jared's an owner in this horse um it, and um he's talk about how he's got a few of the canberra raiders boys in and this is one they're not in so he feels a little bit guilty when this horse does well but i know that the ownership and definitely brad have got a really high opinion of lebowski they're really happy with how uh, he's going and so they should be generating results for it good trainer always has good horses in the barn yeah um yeah a big big rap for brad what about my ultimate Byron? Um, this is a horse that we thought could have been anything last year. Um, was on such an upward trajectory and then really dipped. Now came back and has had a win in the last race on the program on a, on a Tuesday. If, like Great to see. Went round as third or fourth favourite in that race. It's, I, I'm not sure what to make of that. Look, it happens. Champion juveniles don't necessarily yeah. transition to be, you know, champion four-year-olds, um, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. It's just part of racing. Uh, we see it in all codes. Uh, they can burst on the scene and dominate. Um, it's it's the rare bunch, and I'll use a, a, an example, expensive ego, outstanding juvenile, and it's transitioned to race with the big boys. 
Um, you know, so I mean, it doesn't happen to all of them, and and my ultimate Byron Hill keep winning races. He's too good not to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Paul. Just before we move on, because I just wanted to share my best thing. Yeah, yeah. I th- I want to give the stewards a wrap. Yeah. For what they did. Now you just touched on Absolutely. it. Now. On Saturday, the lightning was horrendous. It really was. And they put everyone's safety, everyone's safety paramount before the running. They were desperate to get the meeting run and they were going to run it. Just to give you an example, my race book, the last race had six, from the original time of 10.50, it underwent, I think it was six different time changes. <laughs> yeah. They put the races back one race so that the last was going to go at 11.21. Then they put the meeting back two races with the last to go at three minutes to midnight. Then they were able to bring it back to 10 minutes past uh, 11 and then it ended up going at 11.35. And then just to add insult to injury, I think we had a delay at the start with a flat tyre. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, they, they, were, they were in touch with the Bureau of Meteorology to, to, to try and ascertain that the storm front had moved past, but it was quite incredible and very noticeable upstairs, the wind shift. It was coming from the south and then it was swinging around uh, almost northwesterly and they were worried about it blowing back to the track, the lightning so they were they were doing everything in their power to determine the weather conditions and 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 I guess the forecast conditions for later in the night. And I just thought their determination and, and obviously with the help with the participants all getting on board and yeah. all the track staff, um, I, I thought to get the meeting run, um, you know, and, and as you say, condensed and it made it exciting. You didn't have thirty five minute gaps. Oh, it was from great, my point it? of view. You virtually give all clear on one race and you, you walk over, get, grab a, a mouthful of water and then they're coming back onto the track for yep. the next. For me, I loved it because yep. it was rapid fire. Um, tested the memory a few times. Um, but as far as the, what they did, I thought they, that was the best thing I've seen oh, this week. And obviously working in with Sky Racing as well and being able to get Absolutely. the you know, and, and find those time Their phones slots, were running so. hot pool. They, yeah. they were on the phone to everyone. It was fantastic. So we had the lightning storm last year, you know... <laughs> Obviously, it was horrendous. What we what it, we copped it, on the first it definitely the first flash, running of the Miracle Mall flashbacks, didn't it? To is last year's Miracle Mall, have we done it now? We, is it out of the way? Oh. It has <laughs> never to be. say never. never but say, yeah, let's hope. Please, oh, no. please, weather gods, if you're listening, oh, please no. be done with it. Let's hope so. All right, hey, um, we've talked a bit about Jackson painting on this show um, because. Given the fantasy harness racing lens on on participants and their results, Jackson's been doing really well, and yet the focus has been on on other race meetings where he hasn't been hasn't generated the results. So it's it hasn't been a fair reflection of how well he's been going. Well, he finally managed to make the two things work in unison at Leeton. He had a treble at Leeton. He got the big fantasy score. He got his moment of glory. Well done, Jacko. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Great to see. Loved it. <laughs> well done. I did not have him in my fantasy harness uh, rating he's been team. In my team from I the traded start. him I out. Traded him out. So oh. I don't know how happy I am about him. No, well done, Jackson. Good on you, Jacko. We had a bike um, who won the won the round. Got the highest weekly score actually in the fantasy game. His name's Nathan Hertz. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Nathan Hurst. Yes, one of our drivers. Mm-hmm. We had a great week actually. It would have been interesting if they they had the um, had each other. Well, Nathan. Hertz had Nathan Hurst in his team, but he didn't. We clarified that yesterday in the Fantasy Harness Racing podcast. But the two Nathans, Nathan Hurst and Nathan Hoy, both had doubles at Young on Tuesday night. Anthony Frisbee's one that our weekly winner did have. He, he revealed his hand there, and I think that might have been a really savvy play that might have got him across the line and won the first two races there at Bathurst. So a great stable, great horse people, really, um, really astute um, trainers of horses, 
It's a great driver. He's been in the Inner Dominion, done really well, obviously, um, at that level, but not a name that we throw around on this podcast no. a great deal. So fantastic to be able to uh, drop Ant's name into the show. Race to race double to start the card at Bathurst on Wednesday. We saw Better Be the Best back. Imagine Better Be the Best is one of the best horses of his age category in the whole country. He's going around at Bathurst on a Wednesday night. What, how do you reckon the competition felt lining up against Better Be the Best and Nathan Turnbull's star, three-year-old boy? I think they would have expected it at this time of year. There's bigger yeah. races, bigger targets coming up, yeah. so you expect to see these good horses lining up at your midweek races at the home track as well. Yeah, so I think the, the opposition probably would have expected that. Well, dominated accordingly. Uh, we raced at Bathurst twice during the week, guys. We had Wednesday night and we had Friday night. It was a blockbuster Friday night of racing in New South Wales. So Nathan had a double there on that card. He's got one named on deadline that he's – only recently acquired in the last few months, and that's now five from six. Won this one by 20 metres. May have a handy one. I think he has, yeah. and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, when, when Nathan brings uh, on deadline to town and yep. uh, I get to call him. Uh, yeah. Nice nice horse. Well, Dougie, Dougie Hewitt, he's one that we, we mentioned, um, mm. didn't mention Doug's name actually when we talked about Rip before, but yeah, great to see Rip back in form. Dougie had a double at Bathurst on Friday as well, so that's great to see. Leon Jurd's a name we don't mention on the show very often, unfortunately, but hey, we're going to give him his moment. So he had a training double at Goulburn yesterday, and Leon, or when Leon wins, quite often they're at a price too. Yep. Astute trainer, very, yeah. very astute trainer. Always, or very seldom, do you go to a race meeting where his horses either don't win or, or place. Of course, Leon, during the, the era of the claiming races going mm-hmm. back a few years ago, I guess pre-COVID, uh, he dominated. He, he dominated that scene and uh, always got a, a winner or two in his stable. Good, yep. good tra- very astute trainer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, now, we mentioned Brad Hewitt before. Brad got a Brad got a week um, for an indiscretion on the track, so he's back on. That suspension ends on Wednesday night. Now, what that meant was one of his one of his really um, uh, star horses, Blazing Banner, went round yesterday, and Harrison Ross picked up the drive. So great news for Harrison. He managed to jump on a on a gun and uh, went round and, and had a winner there at Goulburn yesterday. So, well done, Harrison, one of the, one of the young up-and-coming drivers. Another up-and-comer is Tom Ison, treble at Armidale on Sunday, which is a great lead-in to their Carnival of Cups meeting, which is, which is this weekend as well. So, um, um, I went to that Armidale show last year for their Carnival of Cups, Fred. Uh, it was won by Shop early. Now, we yep. Shop early... He's going to call time on the career this weekend. Yeah, uh, I received a note from Richard Williams to say that uh, Gotta Shop Early is going to uh, enjoy uh, greener pastures uh, after Sunday. He's looking to go back to back. He's been a terrific horse, Gotta Shop Early. Had a few homes along the way, but he's uh, amassed nearly $200,000. He'll crash over that if he can uh, score on on, uh, Sunday. So uh, best luck. Enjoy retirement, old boy. He's been a terrific horse, a horse I know you've seen plenty of, Jess, Gotta Shop Early. Yeah, he has, and I know last... Last year he won the Armadale Cup and then backed that straight up in the Narrabri Cup and he's been a, a really nice campaigner that I've enjoyed following around. I think he had a, a campaign down here at Menangle as yep. well yep. and then back up there in that um, re- in that Tamworth region. So well done to them on a wonderful career we've got to shop early. Yep. Um, hey, I was at Newcastle on, on Friday night for the Group 2 Newcastle Mile. Fantastic night. The club has done an amazing job over the three weeks that they – had a Feb Fest, yeah. Yeah. Um, so well done to the club. They had a, a band called not not a band that I was familiar with, the Viper Creek 
band, which apparently mm. are a big deal in, in the Newcastle area and got a big following. They were there. They put on a really, really cool spectacle. It was a great night. As we said on the show before, it's one of the great tracks to go to because mm. it's, it's central in town. It's a party. It's a real party atmosphere yeah, there close, in Newcastle. Close. They have the food vans, the, the, the drink stalls. The kids had something to do. It was, yeah, it was a really good vibe on track. The mini trotters um, were involved. It was, yeah, just a, just a fantastic night. Uh, Darren Elder had a training double on that program. Um, so well done to Darren. Robbie Morris came out and won three in a row. So we, we, we are accustomed to talking about Robbie and Newcastle and Josh Gallagher and Newcastle and the Lucky Lodge stable, but Robbie went bang, bang, bang. I'll tell you what, if you multi them up, you would have got a price too. They all went round at, at decent, decent numbers. Price, yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was a good night. But obviously that all led up to the Newcastle Mile crack field. Just absolute elite field. Well done to the club for... I mean, there's a lot of factors go into this field being being good. Obviously, the opportunity to have a golden ticket into the Miracle Mile and, and secure that spot early is one thing. Um, we're post-COVID and, you know, the ability to travel is another thing. So we saw some, some Kiwi representation there, which was good. Um, we just had, like, the luminaries of our sport in New South Wales all in and around those stables at Newcastle. It was really great to see the race ended up being won by Mac Dan, who made it back-to-back. That's... Two years in a row, Mac Dance won that race, Jess. Yeah, it was a really impressive performance by him. And I think watching the interview on home on Sky Active with Danny and Joanna Zavitsinos, you could tell how much it meant to them. They were very excited to secure that automatic invitation to the Miracle Mile. But the horse I did want to talk about was Tasty Delight. He really, he has how stepped up got? into that He's open class changed, grade yeah incredibly and that yep. is all credit to Brian he's yep. put so much effort into that horse and to see him run second he was just beat that was that was incredible he's done the miles too because that's obviously he did really well in the Newcastle Cup a fortnight earlier comes back yep. um and does really well in that race interesting to see how tasty delight goes this weekend actually we touched on him didn't we last mm-hmm. well, after the Newcastle Cup and I remember remember saying he, he kind of he, he was a very talented juvenile and he just went off the boil and Brian tipped him out, brought him back and is really enjoying the fruits uh, of success with Tasty Delight. Pete said so, he ran his usual race. But Mac Dan, the feature with Mac Dan, I thought, uh, was he was able to sit tough, do it tough. I, I didn't always think that was necessarily his go, uh, but I, I, he really impressed me the other night, Mac Dan. And, of course, BD Joe, who was the, the favourite, uh, just didn't handle Newcastle. And I thought the interesting thing, if you reflect on last week's podcast when we spoke to Carter Dalgetty, he actually said Newcastle is the sort of track that it's a a flatter track. Um, The cambers aren't as significant and he felt that it wasn't necessarily a good thing uh, having their first crack at it, as in BD Joe. So um, I thought that was an interesting take home there. You'll see a better horse. I I do rate BD Joe and you'll see a better horse here on Saturday. Would you make a penny tiger? Good run. I thought he did good yeah. as well. He definitely showed his gate speed, which we know he mm. had at looking at his starts over there in the West. I think he'll benefit from that run yep. over here yep. and then coming here to Menangle on Saturday night. We well, had a trial here, didn't he? He um, did. A couple of weeks ago, he just had a, a, a trial between a time trial uh, between with um, um, Jilabi Jilabi Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just on Macdan as well. Mm. I think it's really interesting. He's the into the Miracle Mile now, obviously. He injects a 
a, a really big plus to that race, his gate speed. Of course, we've seen him last year cross over to that fence before King of Swing. So I think that should be really interesting come barrier draw time. McTan appears to have gears and different ways of racing. Yep. Though. Look, when he's from, versatile. From 12, you know, yeah. at the, the other day in Newcastle, I was, as I said, I was talking to Mark Pitt beforehand. He was very buoyant about McTan's chances. He said to me, I think we've been racing at a different class to a lot of the ones we're going to come up against. Wasn't worried about the draw. Everything that he kind of thought might happen played out. I mean, that's a sign of a great driver, a great training effort as well. But, you know, the, you need things to go your way. Obviously, there was, with BDJ sort of filtering back through the through the field early in the piece, Fred, that would have caused some level of, you know, change up of... Yeah, it changes the race. Changes the, well. It changes the race. And, yeah. and that's where the good drivers, they, they can adapt. They've got to adapt. They've got to have a plan B or a plan C or sometimes a plan D. Um you know, and that's when you're talking, Mark Pitt, very, very uh, talented driver who just just knew what he had. He didn't panic being caught without cover, didn't engage too dramatically in that mid middle of the race. I guess in some way controlled the race from the chair, um, sitting outside uh, the leader. So um, outside of him, I, I thought uh, yeah, I thought he was a terrific run. And uh, as Jess said, if he draws, I don't know. Well, it doesn't really matter where he yeah, draws he his gate speeds. That's his right. gate speed. But there is a stat that says they draw six out in a miracle mile. It's exactly. very hard to even run a place. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got exceptional speed. Incredible. Should, should give a wrap to Pete's head toe as well, I think. Yeah. You know, that, that's obviously a horse that you know we, we've spoken about on the show a, a fair bit. Robbie Morris, Robbie and Kerry Ann were very keen on the progression of Pete's head toe through the Inter Dominion Carnival and, and thought that the carnival might be our carnival here, might be a time where Pete's head toe might shine. Um, almost like literally went within. I don't know what the margin was, Fred. It was pretty minimal of mm. securing a an early ticket into the Miracle Mile, being the first horse into the race. Yeah, well, he um, he gets his chance. He he gets his chance uh, to, uh, to you know during the course of the carnival. He's in the second qualifier, which we'll touch on soon. Tough race that one, I yeah. thought. And there's a bit of speed that might suit him. That 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 early. Speed that's in that race. He's in the uh, the Allied Express race five on Saturday. Pete said so, yeah. but you're spot on. He's just been a just been a horse that he, he was, and wasn't he, Jess? He was a real good Saturday night, you know, bread and butter horse for the stable. And as you said, Paul, they took him south for the Inter Dominion, and and you know, he wasn't wanted in in betting markets, and yet he, he ran a, a terrific race right through the series. Yeah. So. Hats off to them for their their capacity to get this horse to step up to the next level. Also, when he returned from that Inter Dominion, we seen him go a sub one fifty mile rate here in a great in a great stout with expensive ego. So we know that he he's able to go under that one fifty mile. All right. Well, let's have a look at it, eh? New South Wales Oaks. We've already talked about uh, two of the, the the two heat winners uh, for that race. Um, I know that we're we're very impressed with Kalua Flyby. Yeah, definitely. I think she's the she's the filly to beat in my mind. I think she'll be able to overcome the draw, and she's really just taking great improvement from that first run here at Menangle. She's just a dour staying type of filly. Um, terrific race. Sky Blue kind of surprised me on Saturday because uh, the, the the gate speed she showed from the deep, uh, and she's run a you know she's whacked away and run a terrific race, um, and obviously peaceful. Uh, there were some other good runs uh, on Saturday. Savion, I thought, did a terrific job as well for Ash, and uh, and second up will improve on that run. But gee, hard to see them beating Kalua Flyby just on her racing style. 
What do, what do we make of so last year through the Breeders Challenge? Remember that that incredible stoush between Peaceful and Major Delight, and, mm-hmm. and they went toe to toe, and then they, they they saw each other again a week later, and Major Delight got the better of Peaceful the second week. Peaceful this time was the runner up. Can Peaceful reverse that in week two? Like, is, is Peaceful good enough? Oh, she's good to enough. To, to Absolutely. Be able to that? Do we think that Peaceful's gone to another level and could could turn that result around in the second week? She's good enough, no doubt. no doubt. But yeah. I think Kalua flyby on what we've seen, and, and again, I come back to what uh, was said last week about her, um, I think it was Carter that mentioned it, that, that she is a horse that is probably better over a, over a trip and she's just a dour staying type. I, yeah, certainly Peaceful's good enough. Yep. I think the 2,400 metres is what falls into Kalua flyby's favour. I think if we're talking over a mile, it could potentially be a different story yeah, there and I'd, I'd be sitting in Peaceful's Corner again. Yep. But just over the longer trip, I have to stick with Kalua flyby. You're jumping off, you're jumping off Peaceful know, after all this time. I know, after all that, we, we had be great banter. Is, is it those two, like... like well, that'll going, be at their like peril. Like down the straight again? Yeah, that, but that'll be at their peril because that could play into the hands of... Some Savion. of the other very good fillies, a horse like uh, filly like Savion, um, Soho Seraphine as well. We can't forget her. Yeah, the wide alley makes Ali's it very hard for her. But Sky Blue could be the sleeper, um, getting a, a suck run. Um, you know, we've seen her sweep home in, in, in one win. We've seen her come for. She was good in the Breeders' Challenge. Um, she could be the sleeper, but I, I really think, it, it, on paper at least, it looks to be two horse race. Cracking race, anyway. Group one, uh, Group one, New South Wales Oaks. What about the Queen Elizabeth the second mile? Uh, I said on the fantasy podcast yesterday. Great that the Queen retains naming rights on this, on this, uh, despite her sad passing. Yeah, it's it's a lovely touch from a the tribute. club, that's mm. for sure. And this race is one that we've spoken about a lot on this show. It's one that we've been looking forward to, and. The field has definitely lived up to expectations. You just It's incredible. It's Those mares there that you've got from Tay-Tay, Fairy Tinkerbell, Total Diva, Stylish Memphis, Brave U Kelly, Tough Tilly. They're just to name the a few. It, the, it just oozes quality and I think it's going to be a really tough battle to pick so, a winner there. So Tough Tilly was the impressive yep. mare to come out of last week. Um, seemed to have something on Tay-Tay when it mattered. I mean, that. It's just the way that race played out. That doesn't mean that that's necessarily how it's going to be replicated. So how do we line up? Because Bravey Kelly's the one that's been so impressive over the last month. Cameron Hart has made a call that Bravey Kelly's the one that he's aligning with. How do we line up Bravey Kelly and Tough Tilly and then obviously throwing Tay-Tay back in the mix? I would suspect you're going to see Bravey Kelly driven differently. I can't get out of my head the time she went back and she stormed home um, down the outside off a hot tempo. I envisage Tough Tilly having to slide forward because she's that that's her pattern. Tay-Tay will get away well. Madrid will be in the firing line. And then you've got Stylish Memphis. Sort of Jack's, um, he's sort of in the middle of the, the pack there. He'll come out of seven uh, with Stylish Memphis. But I think Brave You Kelly... Will go back, and I think will finish potentially has the capacity to finish over the top. What's the thoughts on Greg Sugars picking up the drive on Tay Tay? Does that add any? I mean, look, it's that Cameron Hart, who's you know obviously the Inter Dominion champion sure. and our and our our gun. Um, well, gee, Sugars is, is, is no Greg, slouch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think. Uh, yeah, 
You're not losing anything. You're not losing anything, and and you could argue whether you're gaining something. something, But um, Ken's got the local, you know, unreal drivers at top of their game. All right, cracking race, regardless. The Allot Express Sprint. Um, These sprints are amazing because obviously they, you know, there's there's a there's an extra carrot on the end of the race result with these. Thoughts, Jess? Yeah, I think on paper this one appears to be the more even qualifying sprint out of the two. Mm. Of course, expensive ego. There's been plenty of raps on him. Will he be able to get the job done, Freddie? I know you've got a big opinion of him coming yeah. into Saturday night. For me, I think where you've been bopping could potentially throw a, a, a bit of a challenge here because from drawn from barrier three, you'd think that he'd be able to cross the likes of Torrid, Sade and yeah. Cranbourne. And from there, would he hand up to something? I'm not too sure over the mile if he it's would. It's never really been his go, has no. it? No. And he just rolls and rolls and rolls and maintains that high cruising speed, whereas some of the other horses are going to have to get into the race. Yeah, I'm sticking with expensive ego simply because I thought, I'm convinced, and I could be wrong, and I, I say this with great respect to not only the trainer but the owner, I don't know that he, he really enjoys racing at Melton. Um, and I think back here at home, he's, he's going to run better. He ran through the line at Melton. He didn't look comfortable on the turns and coming off the back straight, but then he seemed to run through the line well and finished fifth in that Hunter Cup. And I think with a little bit of a freshen up, they'll have him cherry ripe, and I think you'll see a better horse. But you're spot on. This race, you could, you could make a case for nearly, nearly every runner. Well, speaking of the Hunter Cup, the, the, the winner of that race uh, is mm. here for that for the uh, Allied Express Sprint. So Honolulu Bay, Dave Moran returns to take the drive. It was such a, um, an eye-opening and, and a memorable drive from David in that race. Um, what do we make of Honolulu Bay here at Menangle first up? Uh, obviously coming, you know, has it coming out of that Hunter Cup campaign. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be really impressive. You know, whenever ever Emma and Clayton bring a horse up to here, you know they're on song and ready to go. I think he'll be out there to qualify, that's for sure. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you the other one, keep an eye on. I know it's drawn horrible. Um, but again, Carter gave us a push for Krug, Krug yeah. um, last week and said, you know, he's really starting to develop into a, a, a you know, top-notch um, season campaigner. Again, barrier makes it tough. Um, but remembering first and second go through and then other, you know, good performances are then considered from these sprint races. So, If I have to throw another one in there as well, I think Outer Wise Guy has really been flying under the radar of late. His number form doesn't suggest that since arriving here, yeah. but I think to the eye those runs have been impressive. The Torrid Saints one we threw up uh, in previous podcasts yeah. obviously was great in the Hunter Cup and then um, did well in the, New- the Newcastle um, it was the other uh, race that Torrid Saint went well in. It was here recently. the other week in the free-for-all. Yeah, right, in the free-for-all here, yeah. In the third placing. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, that third placing was a good run as well. Um, that was... It's um, a strong race, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. What about the Swept Sprint, guys? Yeah, another Bondi strong... Lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I'm sticking in the Bondi lockdown yeah. camp. I think when I seen that barrier draw come out and he's drawn the plum alley there in one, I, I think he'll be too strong there. But, of course... Anything can happen in racing. That's an amazing race. If you go through it, you've got it from top, Bondi Lockdown, we've been waxing lyrical about Bondi Lockdown for the last few weeks. Your Tasty Delight, who's just hit that purple patch of form. Spirit of St. Louis has proven in that in that grade. Then down a better zip, it couldn't have been more impressive the other night. Hurricane Harley, not sure. Um, Pinny Tiger, 
Brilliant gate speed. Triple eight bounced back to the winner's circle at Melton on Saturday. Then you've got I Cast No Shadow, reigning uh, in it yeah. on horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then BD Joe, I think, is a better horse than we saw at Newcastle. And me old mate Zeus Bromack, yep. who's probably going to find it tough, um, you know he'll be finishing on. But that, that race is a terrific race, but it looks as though, Jess, I agree with you, Bondi Lockdown. Just on what we've seen... Uh, and I did speak very briefly to Luke during one of our storm delays or, or rain delays, as they would say in the cricket. Um, uh, yeah, and he he was very bullish about how well that horse is going. He was a bit the same about uh, ego as well. He said they're going really well. So, yeah. What about um, incredible that Republican Party's the one we were talking about for last week, and and yet is. Now listed as an emergency for a race like that. And JOK, the, we were talking the depth of that race, it? Inter- yeah. I, emergency two there, I, I was quite shocked at that, that JOK was Scaff only emergency two. He did. He show, he? Both yeah. of them, should they not gain a start, they'll go around in race one, and that really, that's a cracking field race one on Saturday night as well. You've got the likes of Rip there, Reactor now, Sakairo there for Jason Grimson, Our Money Rocks, Jillaby Kung Fu. Yeah, it's deep, the list just it? goes on. Yeah, it's deep. And, and, of course, we've got the heats of the Derby guys. Yeah, they're, they're three really exciting heats. There's some class there. As of course, you see Amanda and Steve Telfer. Outer Meteor lines up in that first heat, drawn barrier one. Rock and Roll Hammer, of course, we've seen him do everything right last start at Menangle and got the chocolates. And blazing home for Jackson and David Kennedy there. He's been really impressive each time he's came, came up to Sydney here and he's got four wins his last four starts, so he's definitely one to keep an eye out for in the first heat. All right, well, out of that comes the the barrier draw for the Miracle Mile, so we'll, we'll know who's in contention. Now, that is going to be live on, on Sky Racing 2 on Sunday afternoon. There's actually going to be a window in so the Harness Racing New South Wales Industry Awards are on on Sunday, and there's going to be a window in the programming for the barrier draw uh, that'll go live on Sky Racing 2. So keep an eye out for that because... Obviously, the the barrier draw is so fascinating in the context of the Miracle Mile, isn't it? We've, you know, well, we saw King of Swing do so well. Obviously, a great horse, but the barrier draw was such a such an asset. It's dynamite. Well, Those inside five gates generally, and, and and that it's it's a stat that just doesn't lie. Seldom do pl- horses run placings. Um, since they've been running Miracle Miles here, uh, the first one was in 2009. Um, if you don't draw one to five, you're an old-time waltzer. I think there's been maybe one or two that have uh, run top three, maybe three that have run top three in that 14-year um, history. Yeah. Keep an eye out on the uh, Club and Angle social media and the Harness Racing New South Wales social media because all the details around that barrier draw will They'll be getting rolled out. Uh, Brittany Graham will be hosting the awards night, and obviously, then then the awards sort of turns into a TV show. Jess, so <laughs> it, you know, has that has that focus, and it'll be live on Sky Racing too. It also has an impact on the Armadale Carnival at Cups race meeting, so they'll have a, a bigger window in between races. And speaking to the club, they've they've got a great band that they they had last year. They'll be back, and they do a great job with. Um, entertaining people there, so that'll be on. They'll have they'll use that window to get their mini trotters to go. So. Yeah, and people on, on track will be able to watch the barrier draw as well. So it'll, it'll have a real nice push in, you know, even when we've got a, a major regional meeting going on with the Carnival of Cups at Armidale. So keep an eye out for that. As I said, the socials, you, you'll get all the details on, on what's happening there. So, guys, an eight-race program here at Menangle this afternoon. Jess, um, again, good racing. I mean, you can't go wrong at this time of year. 
Yeah, that's right. The Tuesday classes as well, you get horses that would normally be lining up on a Saturday, that's but it, because yeah. there's heats of derbies and oaks of the like, they, they're forced back to Tuesday grade, so it makes it really competitive racing. Yeah, the Black not, Prince goes around. this afternoon, but you'll be keeping an eye yeah, on no, it. Yeah, no, BK's behind the uh, the 10.50s uh, this afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the Black Prince, who, Black Prince. Oh, you know, really Newcastle like. Mile winner two years ago, and it was in a miracle mile, and he, he goes around uh, today at a dollar, around about the dollar... Fifty mark, dollar sixty mark, um, and that's just echoing what Jess said. Yeah, this time of year, the Tuesday meetings are very. We saw that with Alder Orlando. That's exactly last right. Week. So yeah, very good uh, race. He's, he's a ripper, Black Prince. He's a beautiful horse. Um, yeah, really, really striking on the eye. Uh, tomorrow's on tonight. We got Bathurst Wednesday, Penrith Thursday, Friday's a big day of racing. You got Wagga Parks and Newcastle on Friday. Of course, as I mentioned, Armadale's on Sunday. Newcastle's on Monday. And, of course, Freddie, in between all of that, uh, is the big group one night. Yeah, two group ones, two group twos. Um, Just a massive night. Yep. It's actually one of my favourite nights of the carnival, obviously, Miracle Mile, all those group ones. It's, it's like prelim finals in the uh, footy. They're yeah, always the best you're games. Just waiting, <laughs> you're just waiting. And, and you can make a case, like we've just touched on, you can make a case for a heap of runners in each of those those races to get into the – and there's only, realistically, well, yeah, there's four guaranteed berths out of – those two races, yeah. and then it gets down to the directors deciding. Well, that horse ran third. Do we in that one in in quick time? Do we put? Do we invite captain? Do we put the fourth horse for? A lot that's of the, uh, that's the moment too, isn't it? It's when, it's when everything goes behind closed doors. Then, oh, and, and you're waiting. You're, you're, the you're upstairs. Oh, I'm upstairs, yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, you know, when's, when's the phone going to yeah. ring? Is it uh, Bruce uh, Christensen with the, the the final field, or <laughs> yeah. you know, and you're waiting for it to come up on on Sky Racing? It's it's a real exciting uh, moment when yeah. you're waiting for that final field, and and there are re- yeah, reactions. Sometimes you go, oh, really? Uh, other times you go, yeah, well, we expected that, so. Yep. Yeah, I know. I was I was involved in the broadcast last year, and we were waiting and and being able to sort of yeah. you know, make those announcements, and that was was really cool. Ten races on that program too, so yeah, that you, and and you'll be able to see all of that on Sky Racing Active. So yes. there'll be great coverage of that. Um, so keep an eye for that because you know you're not going to go wrong by tuning into that coverage. Well, it's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Obviously, just the yearling sales coming. It's a big time of year when it comes to the next generation and the yearling sales. Obviously. This is where you're going to snap up a, a champion. That's right. Well, you, you, hope could, to anyway. you could be going to purchase your catch away. That's for sure at the yearling sales. I know it's one of my favourite weekends of the year. It's Miracle Mile been weekend. Up. I have been <laughs> saving up. I've got a, a few bonuses there as well. Oh, Breeders oh, Challenge bonuses. So who knows? Don't let me loose in that sales yeah. ring there. But <laughs> there's a yearling parade on on the Friday night. So I think that's the March 4th, then the Saturday night's Miracle Mile and then the yearling sales are then on the Sunday at Warwick Farm at the Inglis Complex. So it'll be a fantastic weekend there. Should be. That's been a great addition, Paul, that that, uh, parade on the Friday night. They make it a real event. Yep. uh, And, and, you know, um, prospective buyers, prospective buyers get the chance to have a, you know, cast their eye and it it just gives you that real, you know, buzz because the next day, as Jess said, is the miracle mile, yep, and then yep. and then hopefully without too sore a head and plenty of money, you <laughs> go and buy like you said your next champion. Uh, fantasy harness racing still kicking along. How's your team? I see you got it open there, Fred. How's your team going this week? Yeah, uh, my team uh, last week went okay. I ended up with um, uh, I, I went from about one hundred and forty down to about a hundred and. Uh, uh, 
120. Yeah, so you made gains. Nice. Uh, nice. 115. Yeah. 115. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So I've, I've improved slowly, but uh, gee, I'm spotting the, as we would say, I'm spotting the leader about 500. <laughs> his, his lead has his lead is, is, uh, shortened, though. Yeah, it has. He's only, what, uh, 60 in front? Yep, yep, and it was 100. It was three figures last yeah, week. Yeah. So how'd you go, Jess? I know you're hot on the Mark Pitt play. Yeah, I've, uh, that was a theory that I had harped on about oh, yes. since the fantasy game was launched, and I was glad to see that it paid off in the Newcastle mile, that's for sure. But I actually didn't go too good. I went down quite a few spots, and oh. I think I'm now sitting very high, 300s, borderline right. 400s. So it's not too bad, though. The weekly winner is at 293, so mm-hmm. you know, okay. that, that shows. It shows you how yeah. you can, yeah. yeah. And he had a and, – and, but you can make those gains. I'm, uh, we've sort of said a few times, my team has done quite well, but I've fallen back a little bit too. I'm somewhere around 29th or 30th or something like that. Um but the weekly winner put 100 points on me and, and made gains and is up to 293. So you can make those jumps. And he did it through, like I said before, he had Anthony Frisbee in his yeah. team. He had Jackson Payne in his team. There's two points of difference on mine. He had Mark Pitt, but he had Robbie as his captain. That makes Which I difference. didn't. And then and Robbie so makes, bang, yeah. There's, yeah. there's your 100-point gap. So it's possible, guys. And, you know, and he's walked away with a $250 Harvey Norman voucher out of it as well. So... Um, you know, there's plenty going on, but the harness racing, uh, fantasy harness racing game just puts a whole new lens on it. And I, I, I loved walking through Newcastle the other night. And as I'm sort of walking through, because there was triple points up for grabs on Mac Dam with Mark Pitt. And you could hear people going, oh, I, got, I just got triple points for Robbie by coming third, you know. And so there was, a, there was a, an extra lens, an extra reason to, to be paying attention it's to It's such result. a talking point. I, yeah. I, I know the people I associate with who aren't really harness racing fans, they're, they're just in raptures over it, and they love it. And even walking through the stables on Saturday during the storm, I was talking to her, oh, you, uh, have you got yourself in your... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got myself. I'm not the captain, but, you know. And, and it is, it's just created that buzz. I, I just, I'm so wrapped that we've got this this uh, game in our sport, mm-hmm. this product in our sport. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, there's also 41 new drivers that, that were added into the game for this week too. So there's extra options to, yep. to choose from and... You know, we, we mentioned Greg Sugars before, so he's a name that got added in that he's going to be racing those triple point score races. So you've got two double points and two triple points. So if that margin looks intimidating, you're behind, that's how you can catch it up. Catch it up that way, yeah. By getting, the, you know, getting that right. So um, good luck. Like, you got one o'clock is the lockout, so probably by the time a lot of people are listening to this, it'll be sort of too late to make your trades. But it's never too late to sign up because you can go after that that $250 voucher each week. All right, Jess, um, I know you, you've been beating yourself up for how your black bookers have gone in 2023. <laughs> I haven't tipped a winner After in 2022. <laughs> where, where are you taking us this week? Yeah, I'm going back to Penrith on Thursday night. Uh, L Jacob for Barry Fagan and Glenn McElhenney. It was four, four wide around the final turn last Thursday. I thought it hit the line really strongly, and if it's able to overcome the draw on Thursday night, I think it will be hard to beat. Pretty. I can't split two horses, and they were in the one race. On they were in the chariots. Um, can't find a better man, and my ultimate Ronnie. Um, there was only two meters between that pair at the line. They were beaten about nine and eleven meters respectively uh, from catch away. But the way they attacked the line, they will be winning races very, very soon. Uh, the only thing is, on those performances, you're probably not going to get a price yep. because uh, they, they were well found. Everyone saw the runs. You don't necessarily need me to tell you, but I just thought they were brilliant on Saturday. I know you got a high opinion of how expensive ego's been going. Yeah, so. look, I really think. 
Menangles his go. I just, I'm just not convinced he, he really enjoys racing at Melton. Um, he got a, a slightly better draw, even though it was a back row draw in, in the Hutter Cup. Uh, he just looked lost at sea when he was making his move. Uh, and, and once he flattened and, and they straightened up, he really seemed to, to really hit the line well. I, I, I do think he'll go well on, on uh, Saturday night. Okay, all right. Um, guys, we've had a different podcast today we're in a different room we had some tech issues at the start um we ironed them out what we are going to do though something exciting is we're going to have a podcast a lot so obviously we've got our live show on tuesdays that'll it'll stay but over the next couple of weeks jess we're going to be catching up there's going to be a lot of people in and around this precinct here at tabco apartment angle a lot of the the big guns of our sport nationally are going to be here oh in australasia you know if, for that, um, in that perspective with our Kiwis here. So what we are going to do is get them in, in here and we'll sit them down and we'll sort of talk a lot about racing and what it all means in the context of not only this weekend but coming up to the Miracle Mile and we'll talk about the barrier drawer and different things. So keep an eye out. The, the best way to make sure you don't miss one of the podcasts is to, is to hit that follow or subscribe button You know when you're listening to it because it'll pop up automatically. We'll keep trying to promote it through our socials and text message service and that to let, let our industry people know. But... You know, to everyone who supported us along the way, thanks for that. It's it, it really is appreciated. We love doing this show. It's one of the highlights of our week, I know, for all of us, and particularly getting a guest on. So we're going to do that a little bit over the next two weeks. So um, give us a like, share, follow, tell everyone about it if you can. Freddie, I know you, you've got appointments with – you're still moving house, you're still doing all, all that <laughs> oh. domestic chores. Remember the, do you remember the race I used to run in New South Wales at Harold Park called the Ben-Hur you remember that race? No, I don't. Oh, come on. Now you're really making me feel old. I don't remember um, the Ben-Hur. You don't remember the Ben-Hur? No. I'm sure there was I a race. Anyway, it before my, the ben I think it's it in the was 90s. I'm pretty time. sure it was in the... Anyway, the Ben-Hur. Moving <laughs> house, for me, has been bigger than Ben-Hur. Ben and <laughs> and I've, uh, yeah, we, we've had a few little incidents uh, at, the, at the new place that... Uh, and my, I, I make a, as a handyman, I make a good race caller. <laughs> um, I'm the most unhandiest man, um, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor, you know, I need him to bail me out. But anyway, any any trade keeping other people in jobs. So well, that's it. it. I'm, I'm, I'm it being positive, but oh goodness gracious me! I tell you what, I need. I think I need heaven on high to come back and win a few <laughs> races to pay for the the, the the trades. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that, Jess. Thanks, we're we're going to be catching up a lot over the next uh, next fortnight or so, sitting down with with some people. So uh, everyone out there, have a great uh, have a great week ahead. We'll, we're going to catch you soon on some special editions of the Sprint Lane. Until then, thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Cheers.